Podcast PD is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. The Education Podcast Network, podcast for educators, podcast by educators. For more great podcast recommendations, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. Support for this episode of Podcast PD comes from the Education Calendar. The EDUCAL is a crowdsourced, searchable calendar and map of education events and learning opportunities from around the world. You can help share great learning opportunities for all educators so we can grow together. For more information and to find out where you can learn next, visit theeducationcalendar.com. Welcome to Podcast PD. This is the podcast for K-12 educators who want anytime, anywhere professional development. We're going to dive into education topics you might not hear about in your faculty meetings or on a professional learning day. We'll also take on more traditional topics, except that you'll have way more fun with me, Stacey Lindis, and my co-hosts, AJ Bianco and Chris Nesson. I'm Stacey Lindis. I am a teacher resource specialist in a middle school in I blog at Irontech and irontech.me and my Twitter handle and Instagram profile can be reached at irontech. I'm Chris Nessie. I am a high school teacher and technology coach. I also podcast. I'm the host of the House of Ed Tech podcast at chrisnessie.com and I'm on Twitter at Mr. Nessie. I'm AJ Bianco, 78th grade socialist teacher in Bergen County, New Jersey. Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at AJ Bianco, and my blog is up and running at ajbianco.me. All right. So today we're talking about our professional development fears. Ooh. What are some of your fears? <laughs> what are some of your fears when it comes to professional development? Well, this is interesting because when we came up with this topic, I initially had this attitude of, I'm not afraid of anything. And then as we were actually in the same place at the same time, having great conversation, food and drink, uh, my biggest fear is, and this kind of jumps ahead, but my biggest fear is to turnkey the information that I learn at a conference when I come back to my school. That's something that at times has been off-putting to me. Why? Well, yeah, I was going to ask, why is that such a terrible thing? Well, not terrible, AJ, but, you know, I have a different mindset than most people being interested in learning about education technology and learning about apps and programs and things that I get excited about. And I always get afraid that people either A, won't like it, B, they're not interested, I guess C or three or however we're going to label these things. Uh, there, there just won't be so there won't be support to to try something new, which, which we've kind of talked about at different times here on the podcast. And that fear only comes with turnkeying information back to to your district. That that's what I believe. That, that I'm speaking for me. Um, 
some of the other things that we that that we have on on our list here, I'm not afraid of. But this like for me, this is like the thing that I, that does kind of make me think a little bit. I mean, I'm not afraid to share stuff, you know, on on the House of Ed Tech or anything like that, or, or blog about stuff. But my experience has always been, I'm always the one who's most excited about something I've learned, and maybe that means I'm not doing a good job exciting other people, which means I'm not as good as I think I am. But th- there's always some resistance and. I just wish that everyone would just get excited the same way that I do. Yeah, but no matter no matter what the situation is, no matter what the, the thing you are turnkeying, I, I think that there's always going to be some resistance no matter how cool the tool is. You know, no matter what you do, you're going to find those people who are not interested or don't want to try something new. So regardless, I mean, it's not about you selling it. I mean, you could sell something, you know, that's outstanding. But to the same point, you know, people who aren't going to buy it, they're not going to buy it. I mean, there's some great products on QVC and the Home Shopping Network, but I'm not going to sit there and say, eh, I need this. I'm going to buy that. You don't always have to buy what what's being sold. You could sell it to your heart's content. But, I mean, it's it's not about the salesperson. It's about who's interested and who's not interested. Well, I, I kind of see what Chris I, is saying, though. I mean, like, when the content that he creates for other people, um, whether it be his podcast or you know, facilitating something at a, at a conference or an ed camp, I feel like those people want to be there. And I think the difference at, in our districts um, and at, and at, and in district PD is that we don't necessarily want to be there. We don't always find value in the PD that our districts offer. And I, I, I kind of see where you're coming from now that you've explained it that way, because you are totally confident when you talk about things on the house of a tech and you're totally confident when you're sharing your ideas at, at conferences at least what I've seen, but I can see how it could be kind of intimidating to be like, Hey guys, I heard about this really cool thing at, and a lot of times if they're not there with you, they didn't want to be there with you in the first place. So they don't necessarily want to hear you talk about it. So I get it. Well, I mean, just to, I don't want to go too much on this, but it's not that I get afraid to talk about it. I I do like talking about it. It's just that it's disappointing to me when I, I share it and they're not, as excited as as I was learning it and wanting to share it. So I just, I get afraid of how people will react, but I'm not afraid to share it. Right. I got you. So now that I've put myself out there, what are, uh, what are you guys afraid of when it comes to professional development? All right. Yeah. I, I don't like being vulnerable. So, you know, we all attended EdCamp summit this weekend. And one of the sessions I attended was about being vulnerable. And I still find it really challenging to be personally vulnerable. Professionally, I don't mind, you know, I don't mind sharing the things that I know or the things that I'm passionate about in education. But for me, like, I know one of the things I wanted to share about tonight was just blogging and how, you know, it's, it doesn't always seem like um, professional development, but you grow a lot when you're reflective like that. And I find it really challenging to, you know, air your failures and even sometimes your successes. Because for me, it's, it's, you know, I wonder like, oh, what's the perception? Do they think that I'm boasting? Um, do they think that I'm full of myself? I think that a little bit of that is out there when people are reading um, others' blog posts. Um, I know I've certainly felt that way sometimes, but um I always value what people are willing to share 
And more than anything, I admire that vulnerability and the ability of for those people to put themselves out there. And, you know, I've been taking that risk for the past few days, um, just trying to grow my habit of writing. Um, but for me, that is, that's like one of my fears is just, A, is anyone reading this? And B, does anyone care? And, you know, C, what are they thinking while they're reading it or when they're done? You know, Stacey, I'm going to, I'm going to jump on what you said there because that was the same thing I was going to share. I mean, I've been trying to do a little more blogging. Um, it goes along with, with one of my, uh, professional development, uh, I guess courses that I'm doing right now. Um, creating blogs is something that that's part of this. And I'm afraid I've been afraid to put some blog posts together because of exactly what you said. Who's reading this? Who cares? What are they thinking? You know, did I miss some, some grammar? And my wife typos. Yes. I mean, some of those things cross my mind. No matter how many times I read, I mean, you, you can look at something so many times and say, "Okay, it looks good to me," but to somebody else on the outside who doesn't know what I'm thinking as I'm writing it, it might not be as interesting to them. You know, and that, and that's nerve wracking. You know, you're putting putting something out there for the masses, and you're checking numbers, or at least I'm checking numbers, and I hate to do that, but who's reading it? How many people are reading it? When are they reading it? You know, and then nobody leaves a comment or. Or anything like that. You're like, wait, was it not good? You know, did, did you not like it? Did you not touch a button? And then on the flip side, when somebody says, hey, great post, I'm like, did you really read it? Or are you just saying that because <laughs> I put it out there for you? You know, so so like it, it's sensitive. and it, it, it's, it's something that, you know, you're putting yourself out there and you really hope that you're getting some good response. And I think that's kind of one of the reasons why I haven't blogged up until this point for a while. And probably another reason why we haven't started this show up until now. You know, Agreed. You know, I told, I'm right there with you on all of yeah. that. Like it's yeah, what that, holds me back. It's that vulnerable. You said it. It's that vulnerability. And, and, you know, in education, we want to all think that like we're all in this together, but there, how many people are looking down on you and saying, ah, oh, you could have done better. You know, you missed this. Why didn't you talk about this? Why did you mention this? Why is it all about you? you but know, how so many I'm people totally come at you and are critical? Well, they're not critical maybe to your face, but maybe there's something going on like around you that somebody's reading this and saying, did you see that blog? I can't believe how many spelling mistakes there were. Now, I got to say, hold on. With, with that point, that's something that has always bugged me for some of the different blogs that I do frequent and I do read. I get annoyed because, again, you know, it's today, 2017, as, as we have this conversation. It's not that hard to spell check or install something like Grammarly and write a well-written blog post, especially, and, and I've seen this on uh, some administrator blogs, either you know from principals or superintendents, that just the grammar is atrocious. And I remember asking, uh, I, I think I had this conversation with, uh, with Spike Cook, at Dr. Spike Cook on Twitter, and I asked him, he, he did a big blog challenge a couple of years ago where he did a post every day for a year, and I asked him, you know, what do you do about the grammar? And I said, I'm not, I'm not getting on you for it, but, you know, there, there's grammar issues. And, and he basically said, I don't care. It, it, it's not a, it's not about the grammar. It's about putting out the ideas and the thoughts. And he said people get over grammar and you know punctuation and he, he didn't say spelling, uh, I guess, because people will still use spell check. But in terms of grammar, um, he, he basically said. You know, that that's not the priority. The priority is to get the content out there. So, well, I understood that. I don't wholeheartedly accept it. You know, we're educators. 
you never know who's going to read or listen to what you put out there. Make it quality. I think that's that's the true modeling for our kids. So that that's uh that's my speech from the grammar perch. I'm going to contradict you a little bit, but I think it comes from my elementary background. Like I think if we always waited for perfection, then we would never get things done. Like, I think that speaks to what AJ and I are, are talking about. I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but I know that sometimes, you know, I do question those things. And then I, you know, I, I get mad at myself when a tweet goes out and like, I've, you know, done my finger swipes incorrectly on my keyboard. And instead of writing off, it says of, and then I'm right. like, Ugh. and because well, it's Twitter, you can't, you can't edit it. You have to delete it. Right. That, that's it a pain in the neck. They should add a edit tweet feature. <laughs> yes. But yes, to be should. fair, and I, I just made this point in another conversation I had, so I'll adapt it. Um, for what you guys are saying you're afraid of, you will not get any recognition and nobody will read or give you any feedback on 100% of the things you don't put out there. That's true. No, you're absolutely correct. You know, just one thing you, you touched on it before, and I understand what Dr. Spike Cook was saying. Um, I think Spike is basically, you know, he's, he's right, you know, put it out there. That's the main thing. I mean, if you're having this blog and you want to share your ideas, it's best to put it out there. But for me, I'm not going to put something out there where it doesn't look good or doesn't represent me. I don't want people to look at it, you know, one time and say, okay, I'm never reading this again. You know, it just, but there are those people out there who, but there are those people out there who are the widely known, very popular educators who blog and, and create all sorts of content and is it 100 percent perfect no do they still have lots of people who hang on their every word yes but they've built that up over time so i, I don't think you guys should be afraid of that and, and i give you guys a lot of credit for doing the blogging getting into it stacy with your 30-day challenge aj with your i believe it's hashtag i for the innovators mm-hmm. mindset it is um, innovators mindset yes and and you know we're doing you know the second iteration of this podcast there, there's nothing to be afraid of in terms of putting it out there so consider yourselves pushed yeah pusher <laughs> i i do appreciate the push i just feel like that you know sometimes the push is great Again, if I'm putting some out there that's not representing me in a positive way, you know, maybe, maybe even this, maybe somebody's listening to this episode saying, uh, not your best work, guys. Uh, come back again. I, I appreciate the feedback, but at the same point, I'm thinking to myself, okay, so is this like the beginning of the end? <laughs> like, you know, I, that's just where my mind goes. I don't, I don't want somebody to walk away just because of one mistake or, or one missed point or something like that. And a lot of people are very critical and will cringe and Hey, to be fair away. though, if you're going to walk away from this podcast, if we made a spelling mistake on a blog post or there was an editing error or, you know, it's just one thing and you're like, I'm done. I'll, I'll say, for, I'll speak for myself. I don't want you to listen then, you know, cause I'm not perfect. I've made mistakes on other things I've done. You've all made mistakes on things you've done. You know, if you're going to be overly critical of, of this, for example, well, then then don't listen. That's smart. I like that idea. Yeah, I'm totally cool with that. 
have either of you ever at any point just abandoned exactly what you were doing? Like just if it's a lesson plan, like if you're doing PD and you're and you're presenting or you're working with colleagues or or other educators, have you just said, you know what? I'm going to go away from this and then you're just going to show a tool instead, instead of like what you had planned. Have, have any of you actually done that before? I'm just curious. No. I think I did I it in the fall. I was supposed to present uh, an in-district workshop where I was going to cover Padlet and then do a whole bunch on some Google tools and classroom and kind of get those things working together. And the teachers really just grasped onto Padlet and I never got to the Google stuff. And I just kept coming up with more things to do and got them talking about Padlet. So what was supposed to be a little Padlet, mostly Google, turned into a mostly Padlet session. Yeah, I think once for me, I kind of just took everything and and threw out the window when I was doing uh, some Google Googly stuff for some some teachers you know, I had slides set up with all the screenshots and to me it was, you know, really well set up. And I looked at the people, I said, you know what, let me actually just show you. <laughs> and I had people come up and use the computer and I would kind of, I, I use them as the tutorial instead of the slides. I had them play around and, you know, it was like a live action uh, presentation. So I got rid of all the slides I created. It was like almost 30 slides. And I was just like, forget it. It's just not working for you. So let's just play. And that was that was nerve wracking. I'll tell you that much because it was pressing the buttons on the fly and trying to figure out exactly where everything was, and that wasn't working. But it ended up being a pretty good, pretty good uh, session for me. Oh, you know gonna- what? You say that I've done that for like Google Classroom before, because I feel like Google Classroom is not one of those things that you can just watch someone else do. Mm-hmm. It's something that you have to live and kind of like fiddle with and make some of the mistakes that you would make in assign in making assignments or something. But plus people need to create those things anyway. So they might as well create it with you instead of you going through a whole slideshow. So I've, I have done that. I've created whole slideshows for that. And like sometimes Google drive and I, and I'll get there and I'll be like, this, this wouldn't work for me. I wouldn't want someone to be going through a whole slide deck on Google drive. Like I'd rather just see it and create and then move things around and organize and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I've abandoned that way, but that was so long ago. I didn't even remember it. Right. But I bet you that was probably one of your best presentations you ever had. Because it was very, um, it was less demo and more doing. And you're right. Like I would have people come up and drive for a little bit. Yeah. Drive the Google. It's a big joke we have in my district right now. (laughs) And and AJ, when you were talking about your story, you, I mean, people can't see, but you had, you know, a big smile came over your face as you were talking about that experience. So would you say that that was one of your best presentations? Uh, I, I'm not going to like pat myself on the back and say I've had, I've had better, but I think it was, it went pretty well. You know, I, I just, I just remember people walking out saying, okay, I get how to use this button better now or this tool better now. And, and I was like, okay, that's good. You know, I think it was like, I think it was something simple, like just using Google docs or using slides. It was one of those two. You know, I remember, I remember that. I don't remember which one it was, but I remember just, you know, people walking away and, and having, having something that they created and not something they just watched and played around with. I think that was what was ideal for me. So, so yeah, probably one of my best ones. Now, one of the other fears that we spoke about ahead of time, uh, we put as attending and choosing sessions at different conferences or ed camps. 
I forget which one of I, I forget which one of you because it wasn't me, <laughs> came came up with that. Um, so what what is that all about? I I think when we put that one in there, I think that was more along the lines of we have been to so many different conferences and we want to take the time out to go to those conferences and we read a session and we say, oh, this sounds fantastic, you know, about assessment or about, you know, working with students and and mindfulness or or games in your classroom. And and all of a sudden you get there and you're like, okay, okay, I get games. Like, how do I create these games? Like, don't sit here and tell me I use and then kind of walk away. I'm looking for you to, to, bring to the session like what I can do and how it's going to incorporate into my classroom, not things that you've done that works for you. I think that's what we, we're talking about with this, the, this fear. You know, we don't want to go into a session that's all about your classroom and the things that you're doing and how awesome you are. Tell us the awesome things that we can do. Show us what are those things and how we're going to be able to use them and incorporate them. You know, make it come to life. Don't just say, I want to pat myself on the back and promote a book or my blog post or, you know, one thing I did in my classroom. That's, that's, I think that's where we're going with that one. I agree. Cause I mean, if it's a more, if it's not an unconference, a description or a title might be misleading. And I mean, if the conference is, is worth its weight, you know, hopefully they've tracked it where, you know, they have hands-on sessions or it's going to be more lecture based and you kind of will have an idea of what you're going to get in terms of the style of the presentation before you get there. Um, I, I know I like that as somebody who likes to present, given the choice, I like to create something that's going to be hands-on, give them an experience, and have them walk away similar to what you guys have already been talking about. Um, but I guess the nice thing about the Ed Camp is, obviously, rule of two feet. If it's not for you, get up, go find something else. Yeah, another thing about the Ed Camp also, I, I think because... Uh, discussion base and and you can have facilitators and all people with ideas you know it's easy to kind of add on to a subject or kind of change a topic midway through a presentation because it's not a presentation you know it's a discussion so i think with ed camp i think we're okay to to be on a fly and kind of just you know be about you know learning together but i think at these major major conferences where you're spending money to go and the sessions are are there and set up and you're planning your day based on maybe a name or maybe uh, what the description is, you know, you can't, I, I, I always feel like I just can't get up and, and go. I just don't want to embarrass somebody like that in an actual conference setting. So I kind of sit there, grin and bear it and hope that the presentation turns in the way that I wanted it to turn originally. Stacy and I aren't as nice because there have been times where we've walked out of presentations. <laughs> I do find it really hard though, but it is a, it is well. We struggled with that last one. Where were we? Was that? Is that when you guys were in my session? No. <laughs> no, that's funny. no, Chris and I were. Was it TCT? It was either TCT or the one we went to in Pennsylvania, where we were like, ah, "Nope, not for us." And we were situated in the back of the room, and we were like, "How do we get out of here?" No, do you remember the one where everybody started leaving and we stayed, and we were the last two idiots in the room? Oh, that was, oh, oh, which, ah, uh, I don't, I don't know, but I, I remember I just not in the campus. I think it was TCT. Okay. We'll call it TCT. <laughs> but you know, bring that brings up a, a different fear that I have AJ. So I'm going to like piggyback on that, but totally change topics. So you're talking about like these conferences that you go to where the description is already set and you know who the presenters are going to be and you have to 
you have to pick. And I agree that that can be really overwhelming. But what I am most fearful in all of that is writing the proposal. I will admit to you, I've never written my own proposal to present at a conference. Really? Yeah. It, like I'm I have total imposter syndrome when it comes to that. What if, would you do it if it was like, send us a sketch note of your, what your session is going to be about? Could you do that? No. Send us a picture? No, I've, I've never done it. I've just never, I've never been confident in myself to be like, yeah, you know what? People are going to want to hear about this and, you know, put yourself out there and like be selected. Never done it. I piggybacked on other people as I've been part of your presentations, both of you, but I've never actually written my own proposal. Proposal. Like, I, I mean, the proposal, that's like the, I mean, we've really worked backwards here from turnkeying and now we're going all the way back to submitting a session. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to reverse it in, in editing, <laughs> uh, but I wouldn't be, af- you shouldn't be afraid of writing the description because in my mind, when I write them, it's like writing the objective. So you've written lesson plans. It's what do you want people to learn? Yeah, no, I more so than anything, I think it's more of an imposter syndrome. Like I feel like, like I don't know all the stuff about the tech or, you know, um, it also goes back to what AJ was saying earlier about blogging. Like I, I still don't know what my, what my persona is when it comes to that. Like my, you know, my Twitter handle and my blog posts, you know, are at Iron Tech, but I don't know. Sometimes I think that that's almost fraudulent as well. Right. Like right now I'm kind of suffering through imposter syndrome all over again. And I don't know why I think like, I feel really ungrounded in parts of that. And I think that 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 fear for the past two years has kept me from putting in any real proposal for anything. And Stacey, I get you, you know, I completely get you. Cause like every time we see a proposal for something that sounds like an interesting thing, like if I can jump on it and I know it's not going to cost like a thousand dollars to get there, I'm going to propose something. You know, and as I'm in the middle of writing the proposal, I'll stop myself and just be like, um, is this like something I really do? And the word fraud kind of like sticks my mind as like a sports fan. You know, are you a fraud fan? Are you real? When I do the flip classroom, which is something I've been doing for years, done it to the extent of other people who do the flip classroom and this idea of blended learning, you know, I do my version. So when I put together a proposal, I'm putting myself out there. So I understand what you're saying and you don't want to be the fraud. And I don't, I wouldn't say you're an imposter or anything because if you're putting it out there, you can't be an imposter. You know, you're, you're, you're doing what you can do and you're, you're showing who you are. But you know, that, that idea of being a fraud always sticks in my mind because you don't want to put out there. And I am the expert. I never make that claim at the beginning of every presentation. I always say, here are just my ideas that I use in my classroom. But I would never consider you, you know, an imposter. I mean, you do run tech. Maybe you're not like the highest ranking person who is part of your tech team, but you are pretty darn good at what you do and how you work with teachers. So I wouldn't call you an imposter by any means. So take that pat on the back for you. Thank you. Thank you. No no problem. But I understand creating a proposal is something difficult. And I'll be 100% honest. I look around for other proposals that are similar to mine. And I'll take ideas and I'll kind of adapt it just to make it fit what I'm going to do, you know, put my little twist on, on what it would be like in my session. That's smart. I never thought to do that. Like I'll never sit here and say, I take it word for word. I don't do that. You know, I'll say, okay. No, I knew what you meant. Yeah. I mean. Like just phrasing and, you exactly, know. Exactly. I mean, oh, I could add that. I didn't even think to add that to my proposal, you know. Stuff it, like that. 
I gotta be, it really is helpful to find even like other people, what they have done at other conferences that even I've been to, or that I've seen around and be like, Oh, that's a really great idea. I do do that, but I do it this way. So I'll just switch it up to make it my own. So it really helps. So if there are things that you fear and you'd like to share them with us, we would love to know what some of your PD fears are. Uh, please don't be overly critical of the fact that we've put ourselves out there because that would, well, you know, honestly, we're not going to care because we're going to keep doing this. I, I think I could speak for all of us <laughs> when I say that. But if there's something you're afraid of that we didn't touch on, we would love to know what you're afraid of. You can share it in the comments on podcastpd.com slash four, which would be the show notes for this episode. Um, or you could send us an email on our feedback page, and there's a link to that on the website. So what are we learning, Stacy and AJ? So right now, I, I had a couple of things going on. Um, on Friday, March the 10th, I was able to spend some time at a conference in New Jersey for the New Jersey Association of Middle Level Educators. And I had a great time learning with a bunch of people who, you know, we all share the same passion. We're all middle school teachers. And can you say the name of it? I love when you say the name of it. The New Jersey Association for no, Middle no, Level no, Educators. No, 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 no. The abbreviated. Oh. He wants and, you to say Nijamly. 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 Yes, I do. It was I do love Nijamly. I always say Nijamly. I don't know how to say it. I just call it Nijamly because it's NJ. So it just works for me. But but we had a great time uh, sharing ideas. And I did present there on the flip classroom. And, and you know, I was in some good sessions about uh, incorporating uh, games into your classroom and a good session on uh, PBL and using the community. So just seeing how other people are getting middle school kids involved is outstanding. Because we look at middle school kids and we look at the, the, the troubles or, or the that middle level as uh, kids who don't want to work anymore, but there really are some great educators doing some amazing things uh, throughout New Jersey and the tri-state area that are, that are proud. So that was one thing that I had on, on, on my uh, PD list. And the other thing that Chris had mentioned before was the iMOOC or the uh, innovators mindset MOOC or whatever that is massive online something course. And uh, it's being run through Facebook and through Twitter and it is based on the book, The Innovator's Mindset by George Kuros. And the book is something I read over the summer. And throughout this little course, it's been great to kind of reflect on what I've read and create some blog posts based on some major topics throughout the chapters. And uh, this week, I'm looking forward to writing three blog posts that are less than 200 words about some different writing prompts. I'm not going to say what they are because if you want to read them, they'll be up within the week. So uh, I'm excited to get those going. It really is helping me kind of clear my mind and reflect on what it means to be an innovator and what it means to be taking risks and and doing things in our classroom that we haven't done before. And conquering cool. the Where fear of... Blog posts? Uh, my blog posts will be on my blog at ajbianco.me. And you can check it out. I'll be posting hopefully uh, on Twitter through the hashtag I-M-M-O-O-C. Cool. My... My learning is definitely more personal, not so much the professional PD. <laughs> um, I have researched how to replace a section of the sewer line under my house. And uh, this spring break, I will be replacing the, the, the waste sewer pipe under the house of EdTech. 
Is that something the average person should be doing? Yeah. Is that legal? Can you do that? Yeah, I have a crawl space. I'm going to go under my house with my sawzall and my metal cutting blade, and I'll be removing probably eight to 10 feet of pipe, and I'll be replacing the vintage 1970s copper line with uh, more modern PVC. And and I've done the research. I will link to the couple of videos that I've watched. Basically, um, in, in it's like six-inch copper pipe here's what happened where it cut where all the waste comes down into a 90 degree elbow and then goes to the straight line run out of the house um where this elbow meets the straight line there's like a pinhole so it's not like my house isn't like gushing water underneath but it's leaking it's it's leaking so it has to be replaced and you can't just replace the elbow you have to because basically, I mean, the water's been traveling on this path for, you know, 40 plus years. So that actually wears out the copper pipe. So it erodes if we're talking a little science here. Um, so I need to cut the pipe a little further down the line. And you wind up getting a giant rubber ring with screw down clamps. So you can join PVC to the copper. No more leak. So I look forward to updating everybody with uh, pictures and video and me and Miles' adventure under the house of EdTech. <laughs> I was just going to say, I hope Miles has some type of GoPro or something where he is like under there with you and videotaping up because I want to see it. We have two miners' headlamps that we each wear on our heads and we go under the house and we have a good time. Except he can stand up and I can't. <laughs> that's awesome. So, yeah, that that's what's uh, going on in my world in terms of learning. Stacy, what's I'm, new with you? I'm impressed. Yeah, I'm impressed too, AJ. That's <laughs> that's incredible. Uh, for me, so you alluded to the 30-day blogging challenge that I gave myself. I'm not really participating in anyone else's blogging challenge. Um, it's just something that to create a writerly life and to get myself into that writing habit and that ritual of writing on a daily basis. And so I've been posting daily. Um, I started on March 2nd, so I'm almost two weeks in. And um, every now and again, I, I hit some writer's block or, like I said, I feel like some of my topics are too vulnerable. Um, there are a lot of things that I'll start and then, um, like, it's part one, so I have a couple of part twos that I need to write. But with the impending snow day um, that we're going to have this week, I feel like I have a good opportunity to just kind of bury my nose in my notebook because I still draft on paper and, um, and, and go from there. And then the second thing I'm doing, um, my, my team of, uh, my, you know, my department teammates and I are going to be reading building teachers capacity for success, a collaborative approach for coaches and school leaders by Pete Hall and Alyssa Simarell. And, um, we're supposed to be talking about it when we get back from spring break. So. I figured tomorrow or this week during the snow day, snow days, whatever we get, would be a good time to start reading it. I've been carrying it around for weeks, but I haven't really cracked it open. So it's almost 200 pages of I don't know what. But we look forward to going on the journey with you. Thanks. I'm excited. I mean, I've heard good things about it, but I don't really – 
haven't done a lot of investigating. What I like is that there's a lot of white space in the margins for me to write and sketch note. So I always like where there's white space. Very cool. So that's what we're learning. And if you're learning and you want to share it with us, hit up the show notes, share your learning with us on Twitter. We're at podcast PD on Twitter. In addition to connecting with all of us individually. Hey guys, we got, uh, we got some feedback. You ready? Yeah. We got a nice Voxer message. We got a nice Voxer message from one of our listeners and big fans, Derek Larson. He is at Lars3EB on Twitter, L-A-R-S, the number 3EB. And here is Derek. Hey, Chris, Stacy, and AJ. Hey, this is Derek Larson, Lars3EB online. Hey, I just wanted to let you know that I'm loving the reiteration of Podcast PD, the podcast. Uh, you guys mentioned in episode three about the fact that having having uh, having you in our in our earphones and our headphones, and frankly about the fact that there's already a relationship there. Um, I definitely agree with that. I think that whenever I listen to a podcast, I feel I feel like I'm connected to that person, even though they may not, they, even though they don't know me from Adam. I love listening to the podcast because I know that I have friends who I have interacted with online. I've interacted with all three of you online. You are some of the most easy to access and easy to uh, communicate with uh, people online. I love it. But I also love that I've met up with and, and, and hung out with two of you. You know, Chris and Stacey, that was one of the most fun parts of my trip last uh, this, this last summer was getting to meet up with you guys. And I think, honestly, for me, one of the most important parts whenever I go to any kind of professional development is the, the relationships that are built. And knowing that I have someone that I can reach out to and ask a question and that I'm not going to feel like an idiot for asking those kind of questions. And I think that's really important about uh, professional de- development and conferences and attendance. Thanks for the episode, and thank you so much for just doing the show. I love the little bl- blooper things that you kind of leave in occasionally, Chris. Um, it just shows the human nature and the the fact that you guys truly are friends, and you can kind of get on each other's nerves and pester each other a little bit, and yet you know what? It's powerful. So thanks guys. I appreciate it. I can't wait for the next episode and I hope you guys continue on for many, many more. Wow. That is some outstanding feedback. Thank you, Derek. That, that's, that's awesome. And I really wish I got to meet you uh, when you were in last, last year, you know, in June, when you came in, it was just too close to the end of the year for me. I had too many things going on, but I will make sure that we cross paths sometime soon. Yeah, it was a super cool meetup. I like surprising him. I don't think he was expecting me, and I just kind of showed up. You did, and it's, at one point he had asked me, oh, you know, do you think you could get Stacy to come come and meet us? And I was like, nah, she's not available. And then all of a sudden there was Stacy. So it was it was a good time. And, and Derek, uh, he listens to my show. He listens to this one. Um, and it's good to know people. So he's definitely part of our part of our network. Very cool. You know what I want to know? And I've been dying to ask him this. And I haven't done it yet. I want to know about his Twitter handle. Like, I have no idea what that is. That is. So maybe the Lars is, you know, clearly Larson. something with his last name. But the 3EB, do you know? I do know. Uh, the more definitive answer will be, I think he talks about it in his first appearance on the House of Ed Tech. Because I think I asked I him about it. That. So... Maybe go. I'll put a link to that if it's if it's definitely in there. Or yeah, Derek, I'll have to go back and listen. Derek, can you vox us and let us know? <laughs> <laughs> and we'll play it back here on on, on an upcoming episode. Um, but thank you for your feedback. And 
Uh, if you want to send us audio feedback and you're listening, connect with us on Voxer or record yourself and send us an email to feedback at podcastpd.com. And I think that's going to do it for this episode. What do you think, guys? Sounds good. I think we knocked it out of the park. Yeah. So Give yourself a little pat on the back, AJ. <laughs> I think we should every now and then, right? Home run. <laughs> um, so all the uh, the links and everything we talked about is going to be over on the show notes page for this episode. Again, that's going to be podcastpd.com slash four. Please connect with the show on Twitter and Instagram, both at podcastpd. Also, be sure you're using the hashtag podcastpd for this show and really all your podcast learning because that's how we started out with this whole uh, and be a part of our Facebook community, which is ever growing. You could do that by going to podcastpd.com slash Facebook. Once again, for Podcast PD, I'm Chris Nessie. You can connect with me on Twitter at Mr. Nessie. Would love it if you also checked out the House of Ed Tech at chrisnessie.com. Uh, you can find me, AJ Bianco, on, on the Twitter and the Instagram at AJ Bianco and the ever-expanding blog posts on ajbianco.me. And I'm Stacey Lindis. I can be found on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at irontech. And you can read my blogs for my 30-day challenge at irontech.me. Peace out, guys. See you next time. Till later. Thanks for joining, everybody.